money feels complicated right now, don't worry, I've got you today as I share some simple strategies that you can put into action today. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, ¿qué tal? I am so glad this made it into your listening ears today. This is your host, Jen Hemphill, and today is just you and me, and we are going to be discussing how to make money simple. I get it, and I realize that money can be overwhelming. It can be frustrating, and sometimes we just don't want to deal with it. The reality is that what we're feeling is just that what we are feeling. And we need to be able to put that aside so we can get to work and make a difference in that bank account. Wouldn't that be amazing? In today's episode, you're going to learn how money confidence plays a role in keeping things simple, as well as how to incorporate financial roles, tools, and goals in a way that doesn't bring overwhelm, as well as what is important in creating a plan, how to put it into action, and money check-ins to see your progress. So here's the thing. Here's what typically happens. One scenario is we make money, whether that is in a job or business, we pay our bills, then cross our fingers that we have enough money for the rest of what we need for the month. And if we make it, we celebrate. Is this you? Or another scenario is that we make the money, we created a budget and then we go through the month paying our bills, do our groceries, et cetera. And then if we look at the budget, we discover that the month didn't go as planned. Maybe that's you. Or we make the money, we have our budget and we try to follow the budget, but it just doesn't seem to work. So we revert back to one of the first scenarios and just move on and try to avoid money when we can. When any of these scenarios, we get frustrated and rightfully so, because here we are trying to do the right thing, yet nothing is working in our favor. Or maybe sometimes it is working in our favor and then something happens and boom, we're right back at square one. So best practice number one is to trust yourself and be confident that you know best. What happens is we tend to try to do what experts are telling us. We do a budget, we pay off that debt, we save more money, but we aren't consistent with it. Why is that? We need to keep in mind that financial experts are talking to the masses. Yes, they know their stuff, and I'm not here to discredit this, but what they don't know is you. They don't know your personal situation. They don't know the nicks and crevices and everything that's going on in your household that they would need to consider when helping you and guiding you on making the best financial decisions, right? And so you have to keep that in mind. And then you also want to keep in mind that whatever you do, you need to be consistent with it. And you need to do what works for you and your life. You know best. And essentially, you are your own money expert. Whether you consider yourself to be one or not, you are. 
because you know your exact situation. No one else knows your, your situation like you do. So you need to be able to trust yourself and be confident that you know what's best. And there isn't just one way to follow when it comes to managing your money. The way that you follow is what works best for you and what you will be most consistent with. And you, so again, you need to trust yourself that you know what's best and things will be more simple for you once you have that trust in yourself and have that confidence. So that's best practice number one. Trust yourself and be confident you know what's best. Best practice number two is to establish financial rules in your relationship ahead of time. So if you are in a relationship, you need to designate in between the two of you who has the skills. And does the person that has the skills do the budget or does the person who enjoys doing the budget do the budget? Like who exactly does what? Who pays the bills? Who oversees the financial goals? Who takes care? I mean, I already mentioned the bills and and the budget. Who makes sure that the bank account or the, the checking accounts are where they need to be? Those different things, someone has to do it. Who is going to be that? So you need to look at your financial household and see what's going on and what are those exact rules that are happening? Because I'm not going to name all the rules because they may differ from household to household. And you need to figure out how, who's going to do what, right? Is it going to be the person with the skills, with the most time, who enjoys it? How is that going to work? So you need to establish financial rules and that's going to make managing money simple and versus not talking about it and assuming the other person is going to do this and they don't. So that is best practice number two, establish the financial roles and the relationship ahead of time. That's going to make managing money more simple. Best practice number three, choose tools you will use and work for you. So there are a lot of different tools you can choose from to plan and manage your money. You've got your traditional spreadsheet, you've got software, you got you have a notebook, right? You can use that. Any bank apps, sometimes they have those budgeting tools or a budgeting tool app, any of those things or apps that helps you pay off your debt, right? So you need to choose a tool that you will use and that will work for you that you will be consistent with. It's not just the tool that someone recommends and says, oh my goodness, this was the best thing ever. It's about you being comfortable. It's about you using it and being consistent with it. So what is that for you? Is it the spreadsheet? Or maybe it's just a simple notebook. What is that? So you need to figure out what tools you will use and you will be consistent with. I thought early on that apps was going to be my thing. Apps were going to save the day. They were going to save me money. I started using Mint. And for those mint lovers, hey, this is not discrediting mint. This is what I found out didn't work for me. So I started using mint and I, for me, it took a lot of time and it was annoying for me. That doesn't mean it won't work for you, but I knew myself enough that I needed to find something that was more simple for me. So know, you know, find a tool that works for you and that you will be consistent with. So that's best practice number three. Best practice number four is to frame and create goals that light you up. You don't want to create goals just because you feel you have to do this. So for example, 
maybe the thought of paying that debt makes you get under the blanket and not want to come out because it's frustrating, it's overwhelming, it's just downright scary. But when you frame a goal about traveling two to three times a year, because maybe you've been traveling just once a year, maybe and most likely, not even just maybe, but most likely, I even smile just thinking about it, your face lights up and you are ready to hop on the plane and just do everything that you need to to achieve that goal. Granted, to make that goal happen, paying some of that debt may be an action you need to take to get you towards that goal, but the goal is around travel, not debt payoff. So again, if you want to frame a goal around something that lights you up, something that excites you, something that gets you really emotional in a good way, right? (laughs) Because if you think for some people, paying off debt is emotional in a great way, but other people, that thought of paying that debt, maybe because of how they got into that debt, brings some bad vibes or it brings some emotions, but in a negative sense. You want to frame a goal or create a goal that lights you up. And again, those things that you quote unquote feel that you have to do or you know you need to do may be a part of the action plan to make that goal a reality, but the goal is not based on those things that don't light you up. I hope that makes sense. So that's best practice. Number four, create your goals, frame your goals on things that light you up, things that make you excited, things that make you really teary-eyed and emotional in a good way, right? Because <laughs> teary-eyed and emotional can also bring, you know, some sad things uh, back into your life. All right, best practice number five, outline a plan for your money that makes sense for you. Yes, this is your budget, but really, I use the word budget because that's what you and I understand, right? When we talk about budget, it's simple. Well, not so simple, but it's simple to understand what we're, what I'm talking about, right? But really, in essence, a budget is just a plan. It's outlining where you want your money to go. Granted, the, you know, some of that money has to go towards the bills, but it's really you taking the steering wheel and saying, this is where the money is going to go. This is how I want to designate the money. Notice how that feels different from quote unquote, the verb to budget, right? Budgeting feels so restrictive to many, which is why people tend to run away from budgeting. But instead, I want you to think of that budget. And I use the word budget again, just because that's just what's best understood. And it's a very common word to essentially mean that it's an outline, right? It's a plan for your money. And who creates your plan? You do. Who makes the decisions around how much money goes where? You do. Granted, the bills, that's already set for us. But for other things, you make that decision. Some things to consider. You don't want to force things. You want to be realistic. And why I'm saying you don't want to force things is that early in our marriage, I was really gung-ho about saving. So I was not realistic in the sense of, well, I know we can probably get away with spending X amount of money in groceries, which was way too low in the end. So what would happen? I would force our budget to show a dollar figure for groceries that wasn't realistic. I would put a ton of saving, but then 
I would have to go into the savings and take that money out to do some groceries because I wasn't being realistic. So you want to make sure you don't force things. You want to be realistic. You want to just have grace with yourself and it doesn't have to be perfect. You also want to consider when outlining your plan, you want to consider using buckets to assign your expenses and your bills. Uh, So for example, there's so many different ways of budgeting or outlining this plan. I mean, there's these budgeting rules that you can use if you're that type that really stays accountable to like percentages and certain areas of your life. Or you can simply look at how you were spending as a family. So let's say you are spending a ton at Amazon because you can get everything under the moon. That Amazon can be its own bucket, if you will. And you can also just keep it simple with buckets. You Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. You can have a bucket for fixed bills. So fixed bills, meaning those bills, that the dollar amount doesn't change from month to month. And you can have a bucket for daily spending, for your groceries, for getting gas, for the car, for any maybe eating out, even though we're not doing that these days that much anymore, right? So you want to just keep those type of buckets. A bucket could be your goals, whether it's saving, whether it's money to go towards paying off debt. Uh, You also, I would suggest, highly suggest a bucket on its own for what people call sinking funds. I just call them non-monthly expenses, but a lot of people use the term sinking funds. So those are really the expenses that don't come on a monthly basis. So it could be gifts. It could be a bill that comes annually. It could be the car registration. It could be all those things that you find yourself all of a sudden scrambling to pay because you weren't prepared. So you want to set some money aside for those non-monthly expenses or aka those sinking funds. And that could be a bucket in itself. So if, if you think about your plan for your money or your budget, you want to make it in a way that is so visually, it's easy to visualize when you're seeing it. It's easy to see and it makes sense for you versus having all these different categories and and it's just being too overwhelming. So remember that your budget's literally just a plan for where you want your money to go. Now, if you don't put that plan into action, your budget or this plan is simply numbers on a spreadsheet or numbers on an app or numbers in a notebook. I want you to keep this in mind when we go into the next best practice. So again, best practice number five is to outline a plan for your money that makes sense for you. So remember not to force things and remember to use a bucket system. And you can create three buckets, four buckets, five buckets. I just would try to keep it simple and that way you'll be more consistent with it. So how does outlining that plan for your money, make money simple. It's because you designated it. You were in control of it. And knowing that you were in control makes it just more simple. All right. So best practice number six. Remember I told you that you need to put 
your plan into action. So that plan that you're putting into action is your system. So best practice number six is to establish a system that you will be consistent with. Again, this system is where you put your plan, that money plan that you designated, that you outlined, that you created, you put that into action. And a lot of the times we have a plan, we have that quote unquote budget, but we don't take the extra steps or maybe we take a few steps like paying the bills where we don't take those extra steps to fully put it into action. So what does this system look like? It's nothing complicated. I mean, this word system may feel complicated, but it's not. The system is really taking that plan and putting it into action, right? That's what I mentioned earlier. So how are you going to do that? So are you going to do it in the form of cash envelopes? Are you going to do this in the form of virtual envelopes, meaning different bank accounts, or maybe just an app that creates those virtual envelopes? Or are you going to do a combination of the both? What is going to work best for you? What are you going to be most consistent with? Again, you can combine it. Maybe for you, you know that at the grocery store, if you have cash, you are going to be more accountable for yourself and not overspending, right? And so maybe you know that a cash envelope system for at least for your groceries will be the best for you, but maybe not for everything because you don't want to be going to the bank or the ATM machine to get cash for everything. Maybe a virtual envelope system can be for your groceries as well. If you have a designated debit card where you have money going to a certain account, that's just for your groceries and getting gas for the car and you use that one debit card for that purpose and you're able to check your phone, your bank app to see where you stand. How much money do you have left to work with? So it kind of works like the cash envelope, but you are seeing the money virtually by your bank app. So that is best practice. Number six is to establish a system you will be consistent with. And a lot of the times, a lot of people don't have a fully implemented system. They may have the plan or the budget. They may say, I am going to just have use, they may designate $500 of for groceries a month, but they don't implement that plan. That $500 may still be in that one checking account where the bills come out of and everything else. And it's hard to track and visualize how much money is really left. Or maybe you didn't keep the receipt from the last grocery run and you're like, oh, I think I spent about $100. So you need to create a system that is just works for you. I think it's best to have one that is visual where you can see and it's easy to see what's what, what's for groceries, what's for the bills and that. That's just my preference. So you have to know what works best for you. All right. And the last best practice for today is to designate days of the month to check in, monitor, and check your progress. So you do all this work. You want to know that it's working for you. So at least once. Once is very, very minimum. I mean, if you get paid twice a month, do it twice a month. If you get paid weekly, just do a quick check-in weekly. So you want to check in monitor how your money is doing, meaning are you 
overspending in some areas? What is going on with that plan? Is your money being spent according to the plan? If not, what is going on? And you want to check your progress. So you want to, again, designate the days of the month. I tend to do it when we get paid, but then it's up to you. One time a month is very minimal. I would do it more because anything can happen in the span of 30 days. If you can do it twice a month, that would be fantastic. If you do it weekly, if you do it more, I applaud you. (laughs) So those are the seven best practices to keep managing money simple. So again, I'm just going to do a quick recap. And best practice number one is to trust yourself and be confident you know what's best. Best practice number two is to establish the financial rules and the relationship ahead of time. Best practice number three is to choose tools you will use and that will work for you and that you will be consistent with. So important. Best practice number four is to create your goals that light you up. So you want to frame them in a way that light you up versus creating a goal because you have to do this or you have to get this done. Best practice number five is to outline a plan for your money that makes sense for you. And best practice number six, establish a system that you will be consistent with. And lastly, but I think is one of the most important, best practice number seven, to designate days of the month to check in, monitor, and check your progress. So I hope you found those seven best practices helpful. Let me know. Uh, Send me a message, a private message on Instagram, and let me know what you thought of that. What would you add? Do you have any best practices that you have used that have helped you make managing money simple? I'd like to know. These are just the ones I feel are very, very important, what have worked for me. Now I have some shout outs to some special podcasters, and I wanted to highlight them really quick because this month we're focusing on simple like making money simple. And these two ladies are fantastic in their own podcast doing that. So Sarah Lee Kane hosts the Beyond the Dollar podcast, and I'll have that in the show notes. And she focuses a lot on emotions, on mindset. And she really does a fantastic job of just making all of that simple versus having this deep theoretic philosophical conversation. She takes the important nuggets of mindset and emotions around money and things that you have to think about and really makes it simple. And she's been a, actually a guest. Both of these ladies have been a guest on the podcast. Then we have El Martinez, who is a host of the Couple Money podcast, as well as Simplify and Enjoy. So the Couple Money podcast helps couples talk about money, and make money just more simple. So she has some fantastic episodes around that. So look her up. And then Simplify and Enjoy, it's about minimalism. So how do you keep things simple? And how do you live a life with not so many things and just really live in a life of minimalism? So definitely check those podcasts out. I'll have a link in today's show notes. Now, if you are on my email list, you know that I sent you a special email earlier this week where you and I are co-creating my next offering in a way that you get what you need most because I've gotten questions on, can you help with this or that? But maybe the one-on-one coaching hasn't been feasible for you. So I want to co-create my next offering with you in a way that you get what you need 
right? So that customized touch, if you will, not the one-on-one coaching, but a customized touch in the most budget-friendly way possible. So if you aren't on my email list, you can still participate. Go ahead and get on my email list while you're thinking about it, but you can share with me your thoughts on Instagram stories, which I'm doing a poll on Instagram stories, or you can fill out my brief feedback form at jenhemphill.com forward slash co-create. So I hope you participate. It'll be a lot of fun where you and I are working together on something that's special for you, that's helpful for you, and as budget-friendly as possible. Next week, we will be meeting Lorraine Laddish. This woman, oh my goodness, is incredible. She's a woman that had it all and then found herself in tough financial times back in the 2008 recession. She shares with us her challenges, which included being way too prideful to ask for food stamps and so much more. She is an inspiration, so make sure you don't miss out on that episode. That is a wrap for today. Thank you for taking time to listen to the show. I know you have a ton of podcasts to choose from and you're here. So I don't take that lightly. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 213. I want to remind you to claim your reina crown, tu corona. And you don't have to wait for this because the choice is in your hands. And becoming the reina of your money can start now. You've got this, tu puedes, sending you abrazos through this mic. Also, share with us when you listen to this episode by taking a screenshot or a selfie and tag us in your Instagram stories with at HerDineroMatters or the hashtag HerDineroMatters. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.